and happy to be joined on the phone by the managing editor of Bruins Daily, featured on Boston.com, Tim Rosenthal, talk all things Boston Bruins. Tim, how's it going? Going all right. So I hear that uh, Maddie is doing some uh, Christmas shopping early, maybe say. <laughs> Jimmy measured up for that Don Cherry stew I've uh, been baking oh. him all these years. Ah. Hey, was that was that thing great or what? Yeah. <laughs> he 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 continues to set the tone for how to dress, no question about it. <laughs> oh, which one are we talking about then? What uh, the great are we talking about his Bruins jacket he wore a couple weeks ago yeah. or his recent Santa jacket? No, the Bruins one was the one that was fantastic. <laughs> he always dressed I mean you you just shook your head. You couldn't believe he had that on. I yeah, you know, uh, you, you always uh, believe that he, he can never top himself, yet he always does. Yes, that's right. So, Tim, tell us about, uh, you know, they've won three in a row. Uh, it's been up and down. They, they have some periods of time they played really well, like the second period last night, and then times like they played in the first period where they, they just looked horrible. Yeah, and you looked at, at that Arizona game as a microcosm for um, uh, both instances being in that case. They look at that first period and their four-minute power play with um, Charlie McAvoy getting necked up on the high stick there. They It was slow moving and they didn't look very good there. And then all of a sudden, Arizona jumps up to a quick 2 nothing lean off of um, – Awful turnovers, and uh, by one by John Moore, yeah, another one in the second period there that led to Arizona circle as well. And then, uh, and then at the end of the uh, period, David Backus, uh, you know, you guys were mentioning this uh, right before uh, the commercial break. My God, that's one of the scariest moments, yeah. uh, scariest moments I've seen covering the Bruins. Yet he was able to uh, tough it out and get back on the ice. I don't know how. It's amazing. You know, I just think about any cut you have, and you, you clean it out and put a band in it. It hurts. It hurts for three or four days. I can't believe they get those kind of cuts. They get stitches right in the locker room, and then they come back out. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, it's amazing what hockey players play through. I mean, Bacchus uh, is an obvious example. I, I think um, just uh, last year he got cut in the leg. I think he had 18 stitches there. Yeah, he played through that as well. And then obviously you look at Patrice Bergeron in the Stanley Cup final a few years ago, playing through uh, a puncture line and bruised ribs. I mean, what else can you say about that? The uh, You know, this just seems to be one of those years, and, and we see it in all sports, but especially pro sports because of the physicality of all of them really. And uh, they seem to be snake bitten right now. You know, they they've had a ton of injuries. They just get get uh, McAvoy back, and he gets cut up, and uh, has to get in and, and get cleaned up and some stitches and whatever. Uh, is it just going to be one of those years, Tim, where everything seems to roll that way? It might be, but it might benefit them in the long run if they can overcome the adversity and bow through this. And when, in McAvoy's case, not only did he have the um, uh, did, did he have the uh, high stick there uh, Tuesday night? But uh, on Saturday, he was on the receiving end of a uh, late hit from Zach Hyman, uh, who got suspended for a couple games as a result. And we're thinking, oh, here we go again. Another concussion for McAvoy seems to be on the horizon. But luckily, he was uh, 
there to celebrate with his teammates. Um, and then he played the next day against Ottawa, which I think was a little more impressive than their um, than their win against Toronto, if you ask me. Now, uh, scoring six goals against that Leafs team is pretty good. Don't get me wrong, yes. even with that defense. But I thought coming back uh, the next day in Ottawa, second game back-to-back, uh, <clears throat> having a travel up there, second game in less than 24 hours, and eking out a 2-1 win was pretty impressive in its own right. Yeah, they've been uh, so good defensively. Now, maybe not, I guess I'm going to say overall defensively. I think the goaltending has been very solid in spite of what everybody wants to yap about. Uh, they're the best goals against, right, 5-on-5 five five in the league? Yes, absolutely. And, um, Grask has uh, been playing bad, uh, in midseason form, I think. It's, he's certainly been playing well since his leave of absence, since returning from his leave of absence. And Yaroslav Balak has been pretty consistent all year long. Now, they've had some hiccups along the way, but it, with, whenever they've had a bad start, I think they've been able to bounce back and put together another solid string of performances. I don't know where this team would be right now without those two. Oh, I think that's been the difference. I think solid one-two punch uh, goaltending-wise has allowed the young defense uh, and the hurt defense, if you will, to to be able to play and not look over their shoulder every minute and find out if it's in the net. Yeah, absolutely. And when you lose a guy like uh, Zdeno Chara uh, for four weeks, that's going to happen in and of itself. But with the amount of injuries they've had on the back end, it just seems that their workload has been getting more and more, but yet uh, uh, the goaltending, as we mentioned, has backed them up, and I think McAvoy coming back is uh, huge, not only from a puck-moving uh, perspective, but he's one of the better two-way defenders, I think, in the league when uh, he's healthy. One of the better young two-way defenders, anyway. I still think he's got a little bit of growing to do, but another guy who I think's been playing fairly well, except with the exception of... Uh, Last night with a couple turnovers is uh, John Moore. They got him from New Jersey in the off season. He's been logging some pretty heavy minutes, and um, one one thing in particular that I like about him is his recovery speed to uh, come in and on and stop some odd man rushes. And he's one of the more defensive sound uh, players in, on the back end right now, uh, given the circumstances. You know, Tim. Uh... In the off season and and then the start of this season with the Bruins being so young and then hurt, there's been some criticism of of uh, uh, the the GM and the ownership and whatever whether whether or not they've done enough things, made enough moves, and so on. And yet, they they brought up the depth of people from from uh, Providence. And I'll tell you what, I mean, they've taken maybe you could say a little bit of a step back from where they were a year ago. But you know, really. I I think we got very little complaint. They they've played well enough to be in the playoff hunt in spite of all these injuries and with playing with really young inexperienced kids. Yeah, and they're um right behind Buffalo now for the third playoff spot which um a couple weeks ago seemed a little um a bit of a stretch there, but um uh, at the same time you look at the where they are in the playoffs standing right now that first wild card spot they would be going over to the Metropolitan Division and the given the playoff structure there and avoiding Tampa and Toronto at least till the conference final. But getting back to your point on the um, Providence call-ups, you look at Lozon, you look at Connor Clifton. They fared pl- 
uh, pretty well. And then you look at Jacob Forrest back at Carlson. You looked a little out of place playing with the top line, but I think he's really developed um, as a second or third liner over the past few games. You see that young line with uh, Donato, JFK, and Danton Heinen last night. I think they really set the tone uh, in that comeback there with the nice first goal there and uh, the makeshift top line was able to uh, carry the load the rest of the way. You know, Tim, last week when you called in, I complained about Krejci moving to the top line. Uh, I had some real doubts about it. And yet, it seems like these last three games, he's played pretty well. He he laid a tremendous check last night that's uncharacteristic of him, but uh, I think he's played pretty well. Yeah, definitely. I think um, getting top line minutes now with uh, Pasternak and uh, Marchand, uh, that's something he really um, enjoys. And you saw that uh, he was actually the top line center a uh, number of years ago on that cup run with uh, Lucic and Horton. And I think he really enjoys um, being uh, relied upon in uh, heavy minutes, and especially in clutch situations in the third to close out games, taking key face-offs, and um, also setting his uh, players up in uh, certain situations as well. So I don't know if this is going to last, especially – Whatever we hear about uh, Jake DeBrusque, if, if this is only a short-term injury or a long-term situation, but I think he's got Cassie's got to roll with it right now, right before Bergeron comes back. The uh, you know we always used to say that Krejci was decent when he had a big, strong winger with him, somebody could go in the corners and beat the crap out of people and uh, get the puck for him. But now he's playing with a couple of scoring geniuses who are flying around all over the place. A whole different look for that line. Yeah, and they're making him look good as well. So uh, it's uh, one added dynamic. Now it's top-heavy. If you shut down that line, I think uh, that's going to have a trickle-down effect with the rest of the lineup. But at the same time, you look at that Toronto game, only one goal came from that top line. That's crazy. They have six different Goal scorers, all of them secondary goal scorers, including uh, Tori Krug, who I think's really picked up over the past few games. A couple goals in that span, and now a couple assists. Uh, one assist shy of breaking the uh, team record for U.S. born uh, players per assist, and two assists shy of 200. There's uh, nothing to complain about there, I don't think. Tim, we talked last time, and you, you had a couple names you threw around. Uh, you know, there's still talk that maybe they need a, another uh, forward of some sort, maybe a centerman or whatever. And uh, what are they going to do? Are they going to trade Krug? You know, there's been a lot of chatter. What, what are you hearing now? Well, one interesting um, note that came uh, this week was when uh, Don Swinney went up to Edmonton to scout the uh, Oilers game. And uh, I think one name in particular everyone was going crazy over was Milan Lucic. I don't think he's the answer. I don't think Swinney wants him giving that contract. Another name, though, that might make a little more sense to fill that uh, second-line center role or uh, third-line role if um, if, he has, if Cassidy has the luxury of uh, uh, having a, a well-rounded lineup is uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He was the number one draft pick in 2011, right after the year after the uh, Taylor Hall, Tyler Sagan draft, and he's had some consistency issues over the years, but who hasn't in Edmonton? So, Yeah, I think Edmonton certainly has never played up to their potential with all the top picks they've had. 
Uh, maybe top a- picks, and then you look at Shirelli training Taylor Hall for um, Adam Larson there, and I think that really set the franchise back again. Yeah. Here, 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 as we said, here's a guy who traded the top two picks at the 2010 draft. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that is that that is amazing when you think about it. What other uh, things should we expect? Uh, what are they? They've got Pittsburgh coming up, uh, and then who they have after that, Tim? You got Pittsburgh, then you're back in the division with uh, Buffalo and Montreal. That's a three game and four night span, and then they have a few days off before another three game and four night span with uh, Anaheim, Nashville, and Carolina. Three fairly. Uh, Fairly good opponents, and Nashville being the marquee opponent of that three. But that's not an easy stretch right before the holiday break. They're going to need to rack up some points, as much points as they can, because um, by the time the Winter Classic comes, they're, I think they're going really need to. Um, they're going to re- really need those points in the bank before. Um, not in the Winter Classic, but the playoffs, uh, but the uh, long-term picture as well after the Winter Classic. All right. Well, Tim Rosenthal, thanks so much for giving us your insight into the Boston Bruins. And, again, you can uh, follow Tim on Twitter. It is underscore Tim Rosenthal. He's the managing editor of Bruins Daily, which is featured on Boston.com. Tim, thanks again. Yes, thank you, and just uh, let Mandy know that I expect my uh, Don Cherry suit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> will do, will do. All right, again, Take that care, is Tim. Tim Rosenthal here on the B-List Daily.